All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What a lovely Thursday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show, Sports 1440, sports1440.ca, of course, on Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook, if you like to watch the show, see what's uh, going on. See how many people stop during the show to wave to the camera. Happens every day. Could do a, a line every day from PlayAlberta.ca. How many people today will stop in the background and wave at the camera? It's a, it's a daily thing. It would be, you know, it kind of varies from day to day. I would say that uh, usually uh, Mondays or Tuesdays, the mall's a little quieter. I'd have to lower the uh, the line, get into Thursday, Friday, and oof, line goes up quite a bit. So there you go, PlayAlberta.ca. You know what? We can do a lot of things there. I, I don't know if they're going to do the uh, the line of uh, people walking by, but it's something to discuss. We might have to uh, talk to Rick and the team over there and see what uh, what they think of something like that. I'm pretty sure I know the answer. <laughs> PlayAlberta.ca, of course, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website. And today you can win a grand a day for life, which is a parentheses 20 years, $7.2 million. So not a bad little gift. You can play it today at PlayAlberta.ca. If you had picked the over last night, you'd been pretty happy. 11 goals. Kind of unexpected, really, considering the orders in Bruins' uh, defensive prowess. But... It was an entertaining game. It wasn't the Christmas game. There was mistakes both ways. There was some goals that uh, both goalies would like back. There were some plays that uh, players on each team would like back. It's going to happen. I thought it was an entertaining game. And and here's the thing. So the orders are down 4-1. to one. Many people were like, game over. The orders are done. They're like, well, they can come back from Detroit and Arizona, but you can't come back three goals on Boston. But the orders did. And they tied it at four. And then Evander Kane, late in his shift, tired, mental mistake. Just get the puck out of the zone. Throws it across the ice. Perry's not skating for it. He's not expecting it, to be honest. Pasternak keeps it in. A few seconds later, boom, he's right in the lower slot. And I do chuckle at the people who think that the David Pasternak is a weak goal by Stuart Skinner. You're exposing yourself as not understanding how good of a shooter David Pasternak is when he is in the low slot and is able to get some time, head up, look where he wants to shoot. 
And you're like, I can't believe that's a soft goal. Are you kidding me? That would be an unreal stop if you're able to uh, stop a guy who scored 60 goals last year, one of the top five goal scorers in the NHL for the last five years from point-blank range. Come on. With time, by the way. Not just, oh, I get the puck, I got to shoot. No, no, I get to skate it in. I get to analyze. Yeah, that's not a weak goal. No question. Now, the Brad Marchand goal, that's a weak goal. But that wasn't even the weakest goal of the night. The Matthias Janmark goal, without question, is a goal that Swayman would want back. Cody Cece just takes a po- shot from the points, not even screened. Swayman sees it. It literally goes right through him. And Janmark is able to uh, bat at home as it comes out the back of the pads, and he scores. So, you know, it's one of those games. That's what happens. It's not always going to be crisp hockey both ways. And here's the thing. So the order's tied again. Zach Hyman, right after Boston made it 5-4. Place is going bananas. Now they get to overtime. But with 20 seconds left in regulation, a penalty call that at that time of the game, I'll just say this. If that went against the Oilers, you would have been freaking out. Call a spade a spade. That was a borderline call. Went in the order's favor. They had a chance to win the game. And their power play. Now, Swayman robbed Drysaddle on that one-timer. Great save. However, the orders, you look at their power play here. It's 19% coming out of the All-Star break. And really, at key times in games, it hasn't been able to get you a career. There was the goal. Think about it. You're you're down 4-1. to one. Yeah, you've had a goal. Your goalie would probably want back. You've had some plays. Kane that you'd want back. But you found a way to get back in the game. And you've tied it, and now you have a... It's not a five-on-four, it's a four-on-three. We even got more room. That should have been game over right there. And when the power play is humming, they score. They just do. They'll score that goal, and it's game over. And the orders walk away. They come back from 4-1 deficit, and people are like, all right, okay, that's a pretty gutsy win. But they don't. Skinner makes a breakaway save in overtime to keep it tied. Then... After a long shift in their own zone, McLeod dumps it off the wall, too far in front of Kane, and Kane again has a little bit of a brain fart. Not recognizing, because everybody, even the Boston players, keep in mind, so it's not just Kane, Boston's own players were yelling at Swayman to move the puck. And he's like, no, he didn't come out of his crease, because the rule is, for some people, if you don't know, the rule, the minute the goalie takes a step out of his crease like he's going to play the puck, that automatically negates the icing. Automatic, even if he doesn't touch it. But he stayed in his crease, and he had to yell at his teammates to come back. Come touch the puck. It's icing. They can't change. So all the skaters, it was only Swayman who was aware of the situation. Right? And off the draw, it's later in the in the shift now. They've been out there even longer. Kane flailing all over the place. Not ideal. Great move by McAvoy, by the way. And it's game over. It was an entertaining game. It wasn't the most smooth game, but I, I know, you know, there's lots of things to look at. The number one thing, without question, in my mind, that the orders have to wake up and improve on here is their penalty kill. 32 games, pretty big sample size. The first 32 games of Knobloch's career, Stewart running the penalty kill, it was 89.3%. They allowed 11 goals on 104 chances. It was elite. In eight games after the break, they've allowed 11 goals in 36 kills. Think about that. 11 on 104, and now it's 11 on 36. They've gone from 89.3% to 54%. It is brutal. Little known fact, since the break, the Edmonton Oilers have scored the most 5-on-5 goals in the league. 23 in 8 games. When you are scoring almost 3 5-on-5 goals a game, you should win. Point blank, you should win. More than being, the Oilers have only won half their games. Why? Because their penalty kill is beyond atrocious. Beyond. You can't Allow that many goals, 11 goals in a game. How about this? 11 goals in 36 minutes of penalty kill time. Okay, 11 in 36. 
And if you if you dig deep into the numbers, cause we got that Knobloch quote. So I asked uh, the coach about the penalty kill, and uh, I'll address uh, one of his comments right after this. Here was a uh, coach Knobloch as we go. Uh, in the room brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, heavy health transport provider, 100% locally owned and operated. It's nextgentransportation.com. And uh, ask Knobloch, like, hey, man, I, you know what? I get you're on a break and everything, but the, what is what is up with your penalty kill right now? It's been a lot of things. It's been, um, you know, our forecheck being getting caught up ice a little bit. Um, but mostly it's in the defensive zone, just where our sticks are. And yeah, I think... When we went into the um, the break at the All Star, the all, for the All Star break, um, I think that was one of the areas that it really hurt us. I think for our team play or five on five play, we had that momentum, winning 16 games in a row. We talked about you know going into the break. I think for the team, I think the break was good for us. I think we needed it, but I think the one thing that really affected us was the penalty kill, the details about where our stick should be and where our positioning should be. And right now I just see our, so many of our sticks in the high lane instead of low lane. A defenseman stepping out, you know, probably being a little too passive instead of getting out an extra two or three feet to get in the shooting lane. You know, he's a little bit passive, which allows a shot. And all the goals have been very uh, dissimilar. They haven't been, there hasn't been a pattern. There hasn't been a... Um, uh, a routine we need to uh just get a little bit better in all our details yeah 100 percent. so i was looking at the shot totals and that guess what you start giving up more shots you're usually going to give up more goals especially when it's on the man advantage where those shots come from really good situations so we've got a lot of texts coming in at 833-401-1440 Hey, Gregor, our coach got out-dueled in overtime. He should have called a timeout after the power play and gave McDavid and Drysaddle time to rest so they go up against Pasternak and Marchant, not put Kane and McLeod against their best players. He needs to have a better sense of those key moments with his players, Anthony. So, Anthony, you're telling me he should have called a timeout after Stuart Skinner stopped the breakaway? So McDavid and Drysaddle being on the ice for a minute 45, and you're saying that's when he should have called the timeout? Because that was his only opportunity to call a timeout. Why would he call a timeout when your goalie just makes a great save? The Edmonton owners on the next shift, Pasternak and Marchand didn't give up any, didn't get a great scoring chance. Edmonton had the puck. They had, they had an errant pass and then a bad decision by Kane to not force Swayman to touch the puck. If he does that, they just change on the fly. So to blame the coach to call a timeout, I'm sorry, man. I, I don't see it. Um, there is way too many people in the crowd screaming that all oh, the owners got a time and timeout. You can't call timeouts on an icing. It's right. Remember late in the second period when the owners had Boston hemmed in for three straight minutes and they kept icing the puck and they couldn't change because you can't call timeout. So I don't, uh, I didn't see any situation in overtime where I would attest to the coach getting out coached by not uh, calling a timeout. I'd, uh, I didn't see it. So we'll disagree uh, on that. So, hey, Gregor, there was a whistle a minute into the power play in overtime. So, Chad, you want him to call a timeout when the orders are on the power play? Why? Think about it. Dry Settle got stoned once for sure. The second one, decent save. And then look how many good looks Bouchard had but missed the net. Why would I call a timeout then when I have all the all the momentum and I have Boston on their heels. What? It doesn't. I'm sorry. You're trying to blame the coach for last night's loss. I I do not see that at all, at all. the The decision in overtime, McLeod and Kane were fine up until McLeod. Now it's a tough angle. Let's make that abundantly clear to try to bank it off the wall there. But but Evander Kane just skate now. Evander Kane and all the Boston players seem to to not understand what the rule was at that time. So. It's a learning experience. And uh, now in overtime in the in the playoffs, you'll never see that, number one, because there's no three-on-three. Three. But down the stretch, now, you know, at any point, hey, don't just change. Force the goalie to move the puck. Because had Kane even got to the blue line, the minute Swayman takes even a step out of the crease to go play the puck, then you can change. Right? Then you can change. Kane could have, and I know it's hindsight, but Kane could have because he was up on the uh, left wall he could have come into the zone but started skating towards the middle of the ice 
because he was still well ahead of the Boston guys, right? Skate towards the middle of the ice, coming into the zone. The minute Swayman moves, then you peel off, and Edmonton changes on the fly, right? You do it slow enough that uh, that would have allowed, um, you know, other guys to come on, right? Nurse was already close to the bench, so he would have changed first. He would have got a defenseman on, and away you go. So I don't... um I don't, I don't blame that at all. So, hey, Greg's your bang on. Swayman's the only guy on the ice that knew it. His own teammates didn't. It's hard to get that ripped with Kane. That's fair comment too, Tom. I would agree. Like, the Boston guys were screaming at him to move the puck up, but he wisely knew, hey, those, they can't change. So, because had they had he went to play the puck, one of Nurse or Kane, if not both, would have changed. Right? They would have made the the line change, but obviously it did. Uh, it did not happen, and. But that's to me, it's the missed power play that cost them the game just as much. You got a four on three with that power play, you should score there. Swayman, the first now Dry Settle will tell you he needs to get he wants that one timer up a little bit higher, and then Swayman can't stop it anyway. Right? Because Swayman's coming across. You can come across as a goal, you can't come across and high at the same time. And so that's why uh, in an ideal world, uh, that's what would happen. But you know what? Entertaining game. Uh the orders. Hey Gregor, uh, what do you make of uh Stuart Skinner? Uh, not a great game last night. Stuart Skinner is, he's got to get his game back. No question. Like you, you look at his body language now. He didn't like the Marshawn goals. It was painfully obvious. All right. Um, the, the point shot that's redirected for the third goal, I don't really like it's through a maze. I don't really blame the goalie on that one. It's not a bad goal, right? Sometimes you'd like a save, but it's not a bad goal. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just want a good save. Skinner, um, you know, hey, he made a huge save in overtime on a breakaway to keep it tied. I don't really have an issue with the uh, the McAvoy goal. I don't think that's one where, um, you know, it's a pretty nice deke by McAvoy. So, yeah, Skinner's got to play better, full stop. He's part of the penalty kill. But to me, if they can solve their penalty kill, the Oilers will be fine. They've scored the most goals, five on five. They're getting some offense. They're getting other guys going. Matthias Janmark suddenly has goals in consecutive games. All right. Corey Perry, by the way, great signing. Corey Perry's gamesmanship has been on full display since he came to Edmonton. Last night, the orders are kind of a dog's breakfast, not playing very well. What does Skinner, what does uh, Perry do? He goes out there and finds a fight, tries to get some emotion into the game. Right? Get, get his teammates' attention. And the orders need more of that. And that's why I keep saying, to me, I'm revamping the bottom six because I don't think they have enough momentum changers currently in their bottom six. Because it's hard to score. So you got to do other things to change the momentum. right? Or at least try to get the attention of your teammates. And that's what Perry did last night. And then he scores a really nice goal. But that's why the guy is three points shy of 900 in his career. He's a gamer. He knows how to play. Hey, Greg, do you think the orders are getting uh, concerned with Skinner? That's why they're going to pick her tomorrow. Uh, no, I think they were going to pick her tomorrow because they're gonna. They had to go one of the two, right? They're playing Friday and Saturday. A rare home and home for the orders, back to back nights for home games. It just doesn't happen very often. I think it's kind of fun for fans, maybe Friday and Saturday night. You don't get that very often. And I look, and Skinner played on Monday, played on Wednesday. So now you go to uh, to Pickard on Friday, and then Skinner will go back against uh, Calgary on Saturday. Now. I'll, I'll say that if they split the two games in L.A. and St. Louis next week, then, yeah, maybe they're, they're realizing, hey, Skinner, he's got to work on some stuff. He needs more practice time, whatever it's going to be. But he's got to get his game back. And the thing is, you see it in stretches. He made some key saves. But then, like the Marchand goal, that's the one that just can't go in. It's a short side shot from outside the circle, like the dot. It's a sharp angle shot. That's the only place Marchand's shooting. Skinner's got to make that safe. He would be the first one to tell you. All you got to do is look at his reaction. Uh, coming up, uh, Terry Ryan, who's just announced today, is going to be inducted into the Newfoundland and Labrador Hockey Hall of Fame. So uh, he'll join us next. Uh, we got Carius, uh, Livingston, Kevin Woodley will be by. He wasn't here on the holiday, so we'll talk some uh, goaltending with Woodley. Mark Spector, Paul Sir, and more. You can always get involved. You can email us in our e-well inbox, 833 1440. That is uh, Ewell, your electrical distributor. We'll return. Welcome back. Thursday edition of the Gregor Show on Sports 1440, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. How you doing? 
Time now to get to uh, TR's Tales uh, with Terry Ryan, brought to you by Action Electrical. And uh, hey, remember, the clock is ticking. As, uh, we're getting closer to the end of February, and that means the end of the free money from the government for any of you who are considering getting solar on your residence. Currently, it's $5,600 grant available if you qualify, and most people do. So if you're thinking about it, being on the fence, don't wait, because if you wait until the middle of March, well, guess what? Now you got to pay the full bait, or full boat, excuse me. So go to actionelectrical.net, and uh, they can help you ensure that uh, you can get that grant from the government. As uh, we welcome in uh, former NHLer, uh, author, star of... Uh, Star on the show, Shorzy, plays the character Hitch, and uh, announced earlier today that uh, he is going into the Newfoundland and Labrador Hockey Hall of Fame. It's been uh, quite the run for our uh, Thursday co-host, Terry Ryan, joins us. TR, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Um, I'm in the airport. I'm, I've searched for a quiet place, and I think I've found one in Calgary en route to Fort St. John for the Crystal Cup this weekend. Ooh. Ooh, nice, um, man! You've been really been on the uh, on the on the tour lately, uh, saying things. Uh, when did you get the note that you were going into the uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame in Newfoundland and Labrador? Um, I actually got a phone call. I was in Orlando with my daughter. Okay. About a week ago, and the president of Newfoundland Hockey, Jared Butler, phoned me. He just asked. He told me it was to keep it quiet until today. So I I, I knew it was coming. Just myself and my daughter. And, um, yeah, I mean, today's been a bit overwhelming, but more because, you know, it signifies, you know, the end of a run. I mean, I'm not, even though you might laugh, but senior hockey, I've been playing it. Like there's a whole chapter to all this that for, uh, last 15 or I guess more years, you know, I've been playing senior hockey and, you know, so the, you still get the regimen in your head, you know, get up, eat your meal, go to the rink. I've been fortunate enough to have jobs and a family that allowed for all this. But, you know, I've always approached it that way. I, I never missed a game unless I was hurt. You know, I, I, I think it kind of, you know, I, I needed that structure. I, I liked the hockey structure when I played. Okay. And uh, there was something to that. So, you know, now, you know, even this year, I felt a little bit off. I only stopped playing it at the beginning of last season. So, you know, just going for noon hockey, you know, I, I, I usually, you know, that nervous energy, those butterflies you get become addictive over time. And I guess that's the first thing I'm, I'm realizing that that's over. Yeah. All right. Well, still, it was a pretty good run. When's the ceremony? It's going to be June 8th in Gander, Newfoundland, which is, uh, I'm going in with a, with a lot of people that I know from the builders and, and players. So, uh, it'll be, uh, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll, you know, I don't mean to be morbid about it. That's just the first thing came into my end. But with, 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 you know, the end comes new beginnings, and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. And I'll still be a part of Newfoundland hockey for sure. From scouting to, I go to all the games, man. I go there and love to see the new kids on the way up. And I'll I'll, I'll never detach from that mindset. Um, you know, a, a few other things uh, going on right now in the uh, the world of hockey. The uh, the Maple Leafs uh, clearly don't miss Morgan Riley. Five and zero without him. They had a huge winning record uh, without him last season. I think it was fourteen two and one. So like nineteen two and one with the guy who's deemed their their best defenseman. I don't know if it's um, like how do you think that looks on him? To be honest, like does does he have to change? Maybe or was it the coaches? Hey, you know, or does everybody just magically play better? Because that like that's a significant improvement without your supposed number one defenseman. Yeah, I know. I've thought about this. I find it really interesting. At first, it was fluky. But when you get to 19-2-1, there's probably something to it. I mean, I think that's a very – I mean, that's more than an NFL season. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're talking a long time. So, I don't know if it's anything he has to change. I think he's a great player. Just sometimes teams tend to do – I mean, I hate to say this in very business-like terms, but – does it make him expendable? Do they know that they can get rid of it something and get a good return? You know, is, is that consistent? I mean, you know, to, to me, it raises those kind of questions. But, you know, I love the way Riley plays. And, and last, I mean, I know he's had inconsistency problems at times. But last playoff, if you remember the last year's playoff, I thought he played really well. Arguably their best player. Tr, you look at uh, now. You're going to the, you know, up uh, to Fort Saint John, lovely place. I've been up there uh, many times back in my uh, oil field days, so uh, so enjoy that. But um, you know, here we are. Uh, we're what 15 days? No, 
The uh, trade deadline is March 8th. So, uh, yeah, we are uh, 15 days away from the, uh, the trade deadline. The, the Edmonton orders have come out of the, uh, the all-star break and their penalty kill is, I don't know what the hell happened. It was 89% for 32 games. Like that's a pretty long stretch. They weren't, they were giving up the fewest or third fewest shots, uh, per, you know, per penalty kill opportunity. Uh, they allowed the fewest goals. They only had 11 goals, uh, allowed in, in 80, in 104 kills, which is really good. They come out of the break and now they can't kill pill and they saved their life. They've allowed 11 goals and 36 kills for goodness sake in 36 minutes, right? Like a, it is 11 out of 24, which is mind-blowingly bad. What, like, why can it switch that quickly? And, and how do they get it back? Because right now they're penalty killers, you know, like sometimes instead of putting their stick in the, in the low lane, they're putting it in the high lane. Right. And so to me, that's more of a mental thing. It's, it's also, a, you know, a confidence thing. We've seen guys who can't score. And right now it seems like their penalty kill has no confidence that they can stop anything. Exactly. It's, it's mental, it's momentum, and it's confidence. It's momentum, I mean, like the break, right? Like, it, when, when it, it, all kinds of teams and individual players have these, you know, analytically or mentally, they have statistics that they're, they're on a roll. And when you come to a brick wall and then you start up again, it can often play with your head a little bit. And like you're saying, yes, they're, just, they're doing things a little bit different, but it's there. And in this case, I think much like the beginning of the season, I think they know, we know they can do it. Um, they're just maybe need to tighten up mentally for the time being. When you were on a power play and uh, you were on lock, could you sense when the penalty kill, like they just, are they more hesitant? Can you sense that as a power play guy? Oh, I could totally sense it. Yeah, I can sense it in ice hockey, ball hockey, senior hockey, pro hockey. It just seems like you got more space. They could even be playing one or two feet you know, out of position, if you want to call one or two feet out of position. But as a scorer, you can really notice that. Uh, oh, God, I hate to keep using it, but I watch the highlights. Uh, but, but Matthews, for example, that goal he scored the other night, he, he just noticed for a second they gave him that, and he, he looked across, but he just shot a low that any peewee could score. But it was just, you know, I, I think if you're on the power play, you notice those spots opening up. I mean, obviously it's Austin Matthews, but... You know, you know what I'm saying. If if you if you see a weak link, you're going to jump on it like a shark jumps on its prey. That's that's what I think. But again, you know, everybody's different. But for me, having that score first mindset and having been on some power plays, that's the way I would see it. Oh, 100 percent. Like you know, the head coach even talked about that the defenseman sometimes. You know, they're being a little bit passive at going out to the guy. So now instead of being out another foot, you sit back a bit. And, and, and it's so funny that the, uh, the mentality of players, I see it even on five on five. Sometimes you're just like, well, if I collapse around our, our goalie, then they're not going to score, but it just allows the shooting lanes to open up even more, right? Like it's, it's actually counterproductive. It's, it's the hardest thing to do is stay aggressive, right? People are always like, well, if I'm, if I go out too far, I'll get scored on, but sitting back actually is worse in hockey. And it's, and if it was so easy to convince guys to do it, then everybody would do it. But you see it all the time, Terry, that the minute there's a bit of, of lack in confidence, you're hesitating. Like Vinny DeHarnay talked earlier about how, man, we come over the boards, we're just like, we're killing this off. This is great. Now I think they come over the boards and like, okay, don't get scored on. Don't get scored on. It completely changes your mentality. Yeah, I like that word you use, like aggressiveness, right? Because sometimes it's just that. Now, for me and my personal experience, uh, not just on the ice, but scouting, and I, I prefer my penalty kill to be aggressive. I, I just, I, Especially as a player, if you're going to give me some time to think about you know, we got an extra player. I just make one shift here or there. And, you know, if you're on your feet, I think a good scorer can sense that as well. And it's just, to me, now there's an art to it. You can't be aggressive and stupid. Like they say, work hard, work, work smart. Uh, but for me, you know, th that blend is obviously there. And you can't go to hell with it, but I would always prefer aggressive. And to me, if you're not, then it's a, it's a sign of weakness and lack of confidence. Terry Ryan here on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. TR, I know you're a big baseball guy, and uh, spring training officially uh, gets going today. Um, where what's uh, what's the love affair with baseball? Where'd it come from for you? I played growing up. I liked taking some time off. My man, my dad is uh, in the Newfoundland and Labrador Baseball Hall of Fame, right? Like he he played he made Team Canada when he was 15, junior team. Um, it was a great baseball player and loved it. So I grew up around it as much as anything else. And to be honest with you, my dad played baseball till he was 38 or 39. So I don't remember watching him play ice hockey. He, ret he retired. I was 
I don't know, three or four years old. I remember him being at the rink coaching, but I would like my experience with watching my dad play an amateur sport was baseball. You know, I'd go to the nationals with him, and, you know, it was interesting. So, and, and you know, there's not a whole lot of um, players that play pro around where I'm from. So I got to know all of them. And, uh, I just wasn't as good. I was an all-star. Like I was, I was okay. I was enough to squeak onto the provincial team as a, as an extra. I played right field, um, threw my arm out when I was younger pitching, but like, you know, it was that I was an all-star. He, he was one of the all-time greats. So I always had an admiration for my dad, obviously. And, uh, the more I got to know the sport, I love the blend of, um, you know, it's, 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 it's more physical than people think, but you got to really like, it's a mental game, man. It's a game of inches. And I always really respected that the guys that can consistently pitch into the right areas and the guys that consistently can hit that ball, uh, you know, really amaze me as athletes. Favorite major league ball park that you've been to? Well, my favorite place to have a beer in the world is Fenway Park. I go out of my way to go there. I, I really enjoy it. Uh, I probably see the most games in Toronto because it's easy, mm-hmm. but uh, I love it. And I mean, my dad is a huge Yankees fan. Growing up, all I heard was Yankees and the Habs when it came to sports. At least those two. When it came to bat, uh, basketball, it was the Celtics. But anyway, um, so, you know, he's a traditionalist. So, but I got into the Jays, you know, because they're Canadian and kind of to bet against them kind of thing. But when I, I, the first game I saw there, I was with Aaron Asham and we were in the Fredericton versus Providence. We were in the playoffs. I believe it was 98 or 99 in the AHL. And I must have gone back a dozen times over the next year and I still go back when I can as recently as uh, last season. I really enjoy watching games there. And uh, TR, when you so is this your first time at uh, Disney World? Well, I I played for Orlando, so I've oh, okay. been there. Now it was a, it's it's a, it's a very different Disney World than it was in 2003. And realizing now, I like I didn't even realize there was four kingdoms. We had a free pass cuz they they were one of the sponsors of the team, so we used to pop over there and go to there was a little like a few little bar areas and flirt with the princesses. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And, uh, you know, we'd take a ride once in a while, but I, I didn't realize how hustle and bustle it was. No, I had no idea. And, of course, we would go there when when the least crowds were involved, and that was frequently over the hockey season. So I never saw it like I saw it this time ever. And uh, what did you take away? What was your favorite part? Well, First of all, I'd, I'd never, ever do it without a fast pass. Okay. And they're, they're only 20 extra dollars. Like, I can't recommend that enough. My daughter and I, it's called Genie Plus, and it was great because we didn't have to wait in those lines, and we went, we did everything we could do. Um, but um, it's different. Each kingdom, right, got, got something different to offer. And I'd never been, I played there, I'd never been to Animal Kingdom. I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, and I was at the other three, and we used to hang out at the Magic Kingdom the most, the main okay. one there. Okay. But uh, I, 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 I've forgotten how much fun it can be for an adult. I had my, as much fun as Penny Lane did. I didn't have a drink all week. Um, we just got up early, and we went out and did our thing. And uh, and I'd never been to Volcano Bay. Each it, That was the universal each each park, each park has like a beach that you can hang out with water parks and stuff. Really? So, yeah, it was. Hmm. It had my had my time back. I probably would have caught another day to Volcano Bay. It was it was a laugh. Yeah, you're sitting on the beach. You know, it's it's great. Yeah, I've never been, so I'm uh, I'm curious. I know my uh, my son has now expressed in, expressed interest in going. So, so where dreams come true, JG. It's where dreams come true. I can tell you that firsthand experience. Yeah, that's what I hear. It's, uh, it's, you know, they say what's like one of the happiest places in the world. So everybody's always a smile on their face. So, uh, I could see it. Uh, now what was your favorite food that you ate? Oh, wow. I had good pasta in Cinderella's palace. <laughs> um, we had, you know what? Definitely our best dining experience. And I hate to sound touristy, but when we went to Orlando or sorry, Universal Studios, that's a little bit different, right? There's more like, uh, well, I mean, Universal Studios. So I think the sets are just a little bit more 
not adult, but like the movie. It's more about movies that, you know, it's more a little bit more adult. Yeah. But there's also better dining experiences. And Penny Lane loved the Hard Rock Cafe. Now, it was, it was, the food was okay, but it was, um, I just thought, you know, it's touristy. We're not going to. She goes, what is that? Look at that guitar. I went, we went in and there was a huge Beatles section and the Rolling Stones. And we, we must have been in there for three hours. So that was probably the most fun. But as far as uh, actual the best, best food, um, there was a place called the Liberty Inn in the Magic Kingdom. And we had a couple of good meals in there. Hmm. All right, uh, Jason Gregor, Terry Ryan with you on uh, Sports 1440. I do want to uh, read a few of the texts that came in. Hey, uh, TR, maybe Red Fisher will say hello now that you're a Hall of Famer. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I will say a prayer for him the day it happens, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah no, that's uh, that's true. So uh, you'll be planning your, your speech. you got a few months uh, to make it count, so uh, that'll be great. That's a huge honor, so congratulations to you. Uh, you know what? Whoever said thrill. that, thank you very much. I promise you I'm going to make that part of the speech, <laughs> and I never would have thought of that. That's uh, perfect. It's from I'm Bones. I'm going to work that in there. That's yeah, yeah. from Bones. So uh, if you okay. want to give him credit Thanks. in your speech, you can. Not, not necessary, but if you want to. Uh, we'll okay. take a quick break, uh, Gregor and Terry Ryan with you on Sports 1440. Uh, we have uh, Kevin Woodley coming up, uh, Spack, Carius, and more on The Gregor Show, presented by Play Alberta. Such a good song. It just reminds me. I know uh, junior hockey, when guys are going on a road trip, they'd play this on the bus when you leave. Just get guys fired up because then you knew you were coming back. Oh, great song, buddy. Unreal tune. This is uh, Jason Greger, uh, Terry Ryan with you as we're going to get to the uh, oil report brought to you by Volvo Cars Edmonton.com. Uh, 13th year as an excellence award winner and they got great deals right now if you're looking on uh, xc60s or 90s and they have their full you want to order one the full ex90 fully electric vehicle right now you can get it at volvo cars edmonton.com as we uh welcome in the uh, host of the uh kevin carey show kevin carries uh joins us now uh kk how you doing Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you, can you hear us? This is going to be comical. We got the old guy trying to figure out his, uh, his computer. Are you ready there? Oh, man, I can see you. No, he isn't ready. This is awesome. No, no, no. there. Now I heard you talk. I can hear you. No, uh, I can see him. I can hear him, Collins, but uh, he can't hear us. So that is uh, that's a classic. We'll get him on the phone. <laughs> Tr, are you? Uh, are are you? Well, you're you're pretty. Like, where would you rank out of a one to ten as far as a techie? As far as a techie, yeah, like you know, technically, uh, you know, passable. Like understanding. Like if someone sends you a link and you set up videos and all those sorts of things. Like, what's your what's your tech skills? Uh, well, it's on a necessity basis, but because of all the, because of 
all the different things I do, I guess I've, I've, I've been forced to learn something. I'm a five out of 10. Five out of 10. Okay. Well, you know, that's probably fair. Like I know like the real tech people, like when you, they, they pull up stuff online and they're downloading all the stuff like that. I can't do it. Like me trying to, um, edit anything like other than like I can edit audio, but I haven't really learned any of the video stuff. So yeah, I might be uh, I might be a five as well. Me. Maybe a little bit lower. Like I, you know, uh, Carrie's now. Can you hear us there, Dick? Yeah, I can hear you now. <laughs> Holy cow! Jeez, this is. Like, you don't want to even want to know what it was. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have the. Yeah, you were muted, weren't you? No, oh. I didn't know I had to have have earphones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. I now, thought it would just come over a speaker on this thing. Oh. It's the first time I've ever done it. Oh well, there you go. First time using headphones. This is amazing. Welcome to uh, 2024, uh, Kevin Carries. This is uh, the the only thing more painful than that has been the orders penalty kill. It's been rough. Yeah, it has uh, been rough. And you know what? Uh, I went down to practice today, Griggs, and. And I heard you were talking the, about the only the thing word, more the, the word passive. Mm-hmm. And I asked, I did, I interviewed Darnell Nurse, and I used that word passive, and more about defensive zone coverage, not just penalty kill. But I thought he was going to bite my head off. He didn't like the fact that you know I asked about the, the differences of defensive zone coverage, maybe in the last couple weeks or the last uh, little while longer than that, compared to when they were on this run where they had fourteen games of uh, two goals or less, and he basically one answered me he says nope nothing different and he wasn't too happy with the, the two questions i can tell you that well you know what though that's unfortunate because his own coach said our defensemen <laughs> aren't stepping out enough on the penalty kill which is the, basically a prime example of being too passive so mm-hmm. uh, yeah well he wasn't happy i can tell you that yeah so. well um, you know what hey good maybe if he's if he's not happy with you maybe he should definitely be uh, less happy with his uh, his team's overall play on the penalty kill because you know he can look at the second period lulls and they're not great but their penalty kill the orders since the uh, all-star break lead the nhl in five on five goals Right there. Mm-hmm. And now they've given up, uh, I think they're 14th in goals against. So not great, but still, that's not the problem. Their penalty kill, 11 goals in 36 minutes. Like they're allowing 18 goals per 60 on the penalty kill. In the previous 32 games, it was 3.88. Like it's six times as bad, essentially. Right. Like they, they can pretend all they want and then be upset mm-hmm. about being asked, but I'm sorry. Like they got to fix that soon. Well, I asked Derek Ryan, too. I also interviewed Derek Ryan today, so we'll have those interviews tomorrow morning on uh, the morning show on 1440. Similar response, because I was kind of asking him about switching up top. Are you doing that more or less than what you were before? Because they seem to always have that guy in the middle and then move out, depending on where the puck was going, swinging it around. Uh, They don't want to let too many secrets, and I understand that. But uh, when you look at the numbers, and you've said them quite often in your show, and we had them on this morning, they're like night and day compared to what they were back when the penalty kill was very successful, when they had 40 out of 41 kills uh, before the break. So they got to fix this in a hurry because – uh, and even though they, they only had two kills last night, you know, they go one for two on the kill. So it wasn't like it was a big, big factor in the game, but they got to fix this in a hurry. Kevin, what do you think is the Oilers' greatest area of need? Oh, that's a that's a good question, TR. And when when you look at the lines, in my mind, I think they still need more help up front. Uh, that would be my my first pick up front. Then I would go to. A, a defenseman, and then I would go to goaltending. And in my mind, goaltending right now isn't the biggest concern of all where it was like it was at the start of the year. So I would say, TR, I would go top six forward if you can find one at a decent price. More size on the fourth line, that's the next priority for me. And then if you can add depth on defense, that's my third priority. Now, speaking of up front, how much of a loss do you think Newton Hopkins was last night? I think a lot, especially when you saw in that power play, when they had the two guys, yeah, um, you know, basically Zach Hyman and Evander Kane, one, two in the middle uh, in front of the net, Hyman with a very close net front presence. It wasn't like Kane was used in a bumper position in the slot and it looked a little disorientated. It wasn't, they weren't sure exactly how to operate it, it seemed. Again, not a lot of power play opportunities, but the 20 seconds that they had uh, at the end of the third, what do you say about that? But the the 140 with the four on three, that's the ball game right there. If they score on that, you know, we're probably talking a little different about the, the, the how the game was played 
last week to you or last night to you. Yeah, the fact that the orders came back from 4-1 shows, you know, they got ability. Um, you know, they got Yanmark scores a goal, Perry scores another goal. So, so they'll be happy with that. As I mentioned earlier, they, they've got the most five on five goals since the all-star break. So they can score five on five. And, yeah. you know, they, they don't, they don't, they don't fold. So I'll give them credit there. Even though it's like a three goal deficit to Boston, most people thought the game was over. And so I give them credit. They came back in, but, um, you know, the, the overtime sequence, the, the, the first drives out a one timer. If he gets that up a little higher, it's game over. That was a great save by Swayman, but Leon will be the first to tell you he wants to get it higher because he knows the goalie can only come across. He can't come across and go high at the same time. Can't do both. Right. So yeah. you want to go high there. Um, you know, Evander Kane had, uh, two pretty egregious decisions, uh, on the uh, fifth goal, the Pasternak goal where he has the pockets. I, and those are mental errors. They're late in a shift. You're tired. But you just can't make those, right? Get that puck out, and they don't score. And then in overtime, although nobody, even the Boston guys, were kind of in the same boat as Kane. Now, the only guy who knew the rule was Swayman uh, to not come mm-hmm. out and play the puck so they could make it an icing. But, you know, if Kane just skates, even if he just skates to the blue line, probably takes a step in the zone, Swayman's going to move. And once Swayman moves, then you can go to the bench. And, you know, that that obviously hurt them. I, I know people get more upset about the, the swaling, flailing around on the ice. He's dead tired. It doesn't shock me. He's not like... How many times is Kane defending a guy in front of the net, right? Like yeah. most forwards, as Struddy always says, you can't trust forwards in the defensive zone. So I'm not surprised when a, when a forward gets walked down low. I thought the fifth goal too, Greg's, in the sense where um, they didn't come out hard. And they were tired at the end of that shift too. Yes. But Evander Kane, no boots at all, very slow. When he passed that puck, he's expecting Corey Perry to have a little bit more jump in his step to leave the zone. Perry had more open ice where he was, if that pass is a little bit, well, let's just say Perry's skating a little bit harder because he's standing still. He's expecting Kane to probably dump it off the boards and get out because he wants to get off too. But if Perry is skating just a tad harder, that pass is on his tape. The Oilers clear the zone quite easily. Yeah, no uh, no question about it. Um, Stuart Skinner, what's your level of concern with his play? Getting there, it's up there a little bit. Um, you see bad, kind of bad habits creeping in. And this is kind of what I've been saying. I said this morning, you're seeing bad habits and bad, um, uh, puck sense creeping into what we saw at the beginning of the year with this team. Seeing a lot more of that in the last few games and the second periods, we've, it's been well documented, but that's, I think Stewart is just a little bit of what the whole big picture is here where, the, there's been components of their game where they've been lax, where they're getting away from what they were successful in that 14-game stretch where they were allowing two goals or less, but they're getting away from a lot of those things, and we're seeing stuff that they saw uh, we saw at the beginning of the year uh, creeping into the game. TR? Well, being National Margarita Day, I want to know <laughs> if we can uh, find out a little bit about the Decorita that I hear so much about. I'll tell you what, TR, that is the best. And we had calling Livingston, calling Livingston on, and I talked to him about this, and he said, you know, ever since you told me about this Dickerita, <laughs> it's changed my life. And I, I'm surprised at it, to be honest. Greg, you've known him for a long time. We've golfed together. He's a massive tequila guy. So what we started doing is putting in crystal light lemon lime instead of all that sugary mix tr so instead of the the margarita mix that you put in and you buy it in the store and it's like what it's basically sugar water and then some you take the dickerita and you put crystal light in there and uh put that as the substitute you can't tell any difference brilliant and are you salting the rim You can salt the rim, yeah. Uh, I'm getting so lazy at that. I just put a little sprinkle of salt on the top. Um, I wanted to ask a TR question, Greg, if you don't mind. Sure. Because we had, uh, uh, TR, we had so many people text in on the morning show. We were talking about how many uh, Boston Bruin fans there are. And I said, well, you know, we know there's Toronto fans in Edmonton and Montreal. And, uh, you know, what was the reason? And everyone texted in and said the, one of the main reasons why is because of Michael Ryder. So I wanted to see if you would agree with that being a Michael Ryder being from Newfoundland. And then a two-parter, TR, if you think Michael Ryder and Dan Cleary are the top two players from Newfoundland to play in the NHL, who would be your number three? Great question. Uh, First of all, yes. Uh, Newfoundland, when I was growing up, was mostly Leafs or Habs. And there's a lot of Detroit and uh, Boston, as well as, you know, Teddy Purcell and Ryan Clover. These guys played all over. But, you know, the Stanley Cups, there's been a couple of guys with them, Cleary, Newhook, and um, 
and riders. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same thing with the Avalanche. But anyway, who would be three? Like, I honestly, I love Ryan Clough's game, and I think it got cut short. Chloe was on the verge of being great and uh, could really do it all, man. He could snipe mm-hmm. and he could fight and uh, just kind of get his career cut short early. Teddy Purcell has probably the best hands I've ever seen from Newfoundland. Uh, mm-hmm. Was he the complete package? No. But if we go playing Shinny in the summer, then Teddy always puts on a show, always has. Um, those are two good ones for sure. And maybe just a follow-up, TR, would you, where would you say Dawson Mercer could rank? Yeah, that's that's what I was pondering. Two of those guys that are in there now, Mercer, Newhook, and soon to be Ryan Green. But as far as Mercer and Newhook, uh, the sky's the limit. Dawson is, is good two-way. I think people forget. Like, he, he's good at center or the wing, and you could always put Dawson. Not that Newhook isn't, but, you know, a lot of people think of – Dawson as a winger, and, and he played a lot in Newfoundland as a winger and in the queue, but he's a real good two-way player. He might not get penalty minutes, but he's new school tough in that he plays through injuries, and uh, you know, he's a good teammate. He, he leaves it all out there. Uh, and I gotta say, Alec Faulkner would have, you know, he's the one that, he was the first broke into a six-team league yeah. playing with Detroit, Gordie Howe, and you know, everybody that I know, and like if I was to ask my dad, who's no slouch, um, you know, that whole jet my dad's Bantam team at five guys went pro. One of them was Tony White, 29 goals for Washington. He'd have to be in the conversation. But I think they would all mention Faulkner for sure. I mean, it doesn't, you can throw stats out the window just making a six, six team league. I yeah. know now it's more worldwide, but still, six teams. He's from Newfoundland and they went over there to play exhibition and he was playing senior hockey and he was such a standout. It was back Newfoundland, you know, was just part of Canada in 1949. So what Faulkner did paved the way for all of us. Dick, good stuff. We're happy you figured it out. So uh, now we know on Thursdays uh, how to uh, how to turn on the mic. That's just, uh, you know, plug there's your a headphone. level of stupidity <laughs> and then there's another level, isn't there? <laughs> well, you just reminded, oh my God, is this thing on? The files are in the computer. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, good you know, I just, I knew there was something up and Connor sent me that link, and I, I thought, you know, I'm in. I think I'm in, but I'm not in, and can't hear you. And then that's just, it's just yeah. well, your lovely wife. You, basically, your wife told you how to do it, didn't you? Well, I, fo- I, I said I yelled upstairs because she's working in the office. I said, find me some headphones, and she came down. She oh. came through, Greg. Oh, she yeah. came Pro- through. The problem solver. I like it. Yeah, oh. gotcha. All right. Okay, thanks, Dick. We'll talk to you. Yeah, we'll thanks, and congrats, TR, on the Hall of Fame. Uh, Well-deserved. Thanks. I really appreciate it, buddy. There you yeah, go. That's uh, Kevin Carius, uh, host of the uh, morning show uh, here on Sports 1440, joins us uh, every Thursday afternoon for his uh, weekly hit. Uh, that was the first one uh, on the video. So now uh, we got all the bugs ironed out. So uh, that'll be good. Uh, we'll come out. We got uh, more with uh, TR after uh, 3 o'clock. We got a lot of texts to get to at 833-401-1440. I will say, you know what? Uh, the text line, pretty, pretty composed today. Pretty composed today. And, uh, you know, and we're going to reward you for your composure. As uh, we go to break, would you like a loge table for Sunday's Oil Kings game? Maybe you want to take the family? We actually have two tables, courtesy of Epcor, that we're going to give away. So you just text in. We'll do random. You text in with your name and your email. Need your full name and your email because then we are going to send them off to uh, Epcor and they will uh, send you the loge seats for Sunday. 